And that's as humans, we judge aesthetically. I understand that. But having these conversations and getting a conversation with Screen Ireland, uh, you know, when I get face to face with them and they, they find out that you can actually hold a conversation, it breaks yeah. down those um, prejudgmental, you know, stereotypes that they may have. So. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we have Baz Black here, who's an actor, writer and filmmaker coming to our show this week. So, Baz, look at all those DVDs behind you. That's amazing. So we know you're a filmmaker and uh, you must be inspired by uh, all those videos you're watching there. Tell us a little bit about why have you got such a big collection of DVDs? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm old school as regards DVDs and CDs. I like the physical, you know, actually being able to read the back cover and stuff and um, I've just always, always been fascinated with movies ever since I was a young kid. It was like my escapism all the time. Um, and yeah, the collection just kept growing and growing. And these days with digital, I finally had to kind of give in and, you know, there's so much available digital wise. But uh, it is great when you can pull out an obscure DVD um, that isn't on any of the digital flat platforms, you know. And uh, it's just bragging rights showing off to your mates. Uh, <coughs> we, George, we were, we were old school. When I was old yeah. school, it was super milli- super eight millimeter film that we used to slice and cut up and you know stick wow. together with sellotape. <laughs> that is old school. <laughs> That's old no, school. No, I, like, sorry, sorry. I'm not letting ideas away with this one. <laughs> I, I know and you know, you used to go down to Dandelion. No, you're probably too young for that, Dandelion Market. There, you were selling those, you were cloning those, you were printing <laughs> those. That was your pocket money. You know it, I know it. And actually, there's probably 60 of every version behind you there, and it's photocopied. Are you? I don't believe that you bought those for a second. Oh. <laughs> see, see, Garvin knows so much he goes and photocopies. Actually, I hang out with too many. No, what's really happening there is I, <laughs> I'm reflecting because I actually grew up in the 80s. And when those things came out first, maybe in the 90s, I actually knew those people that did that. I was going, how have they got all this money? Where did it come from? And it turns out they were pirates. You know, they might have went, they could have had parrots on their bloody shoulder. But it's just, they had a flat, they had flasher jackets, you open up, and there'd be about 60 of them hanging out, and you could pick whichever one you want. And it wasn't even in the movies yet. So we'll, we'll let you away with that. I know, you know, we all know. You want to be Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, well, I do, I do look dodgy, and you're probably right, you know. <laughs> and it was, vid- it was videos before this. I had a, an equally big video collection before that, but... Yeah, as you know, and uh, they they were all given away to charity shops, and now videos are kind of making a comeback. So, yeah, always hang on. To okay, yeah, well, why is that? I mean, you know, the old videos with the kind of crunched up sort of plastic and sort of you know the wobbly scope that used to then happen, and all the snow that you used to see through. Were they just the copies that we were watching, or you know? Yeah, uh, probably. What's, what's, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm going to go straight for juggler anyway, and that's not what you think. It's it's just it's it's going for like we found you. Or we found each other on Facebook or somewhere like that. You know, us, us two old men are, are, are out there going, what's this all about? What's these filmmakers? <laughs> Who are they? And actually, one thing I like that I, did, I think you were in, uh, in it, wasn't, it could be Indiegogo space or some start, like, you know, raising a couple of quid. You're asking for a couple of quid. I was going, 20 grand's too little to do anything. Then I saw a sticker on the, on the end that I go, no, no, this 20 is for 150, 160. So you're on a journey of raising finance in the, in the toughest market in history to do. Is this going to be your breakout feature or is it, you know, is it like you know, you're in control of the seat? You've got to raise a chunk of change. Yeah. To go have this. Now, one last question before we, 
It's not a musical. I, what I read and what I remember is a mix of commitments meets train spotting, probably Pulp Fiction thrown in. It's the soundtrack, but it's not a musical, no. but it's about a band. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's the film that I've been building up to. So with my short films and everything I've done, um, and it is very loosely based on punk bands that I drummed with over the years. And one in particular, and the singer of that band and the guitarist of that band are playing themselves in the movie. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been building and building for that. With the whole Indiegogo fundraising thing, to be honest with you, I was quite reluctant to go down that road. And um, that's just part of our funding plan to kind of kick us over the edge. We're going through the whole applications, you know, for actual proper funding, and we have private investors on board. Um, but as you know yourself, it's so difficult to get the funds to do it the way that you want to do it. So at the Indiegogo, that's kind of like our safety net to keep pushing us along. But I was, to be honest with you, I was quite uh, hesitant and embarrassed to, to do it because asking strangers for money for your your dream, I always find is a little bit of a... I love that. I love that. Yeah. He's very shy and retiring and doesn't... <laughs> no, we, we had a couple of conversations with a couple of other guests. You want to get the content, you want to create it, you want to wrap it, and you, you want to give them joy. So actually, this is the pay it forward, backward type journey. If they don't give you the couple of pence in advance, you don't get the chance to give them the film that they will get the joy from. And yeah. actually, a couple of other people who spoke to, an awful lot more of the joy is coming from paying it forward these days and help. It's not, you're not begging. It's not the begging bowl. It's not give me charity. It's mm. actually, you want to provide a service. You want to give an opportunity to the other people you're working with and you want to launch them into something, you know, you know, that's enjoyable and enjoyable for others. So, so it's not a begging bowl, but you're, you're going to create something enjoyable for some. Yeah, I, I, I got over myself and I was just like, no, you know. It, Talk about three and a half seconds, I reckon. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if that's the route we have to go down, we go down. But um, yeah, and we've we've kind of just been thinking outside the box. I've always come from the the outside. I've always been an outsider. Um, so there's been amazing, like uh, St. Vincent de Paul Charity has come on board to sponsor all the costumes for the film. Hold on a oh, second. Wow. You're not a charity, but a charity has actually <laughs> come on board. That's a bit of a contradiction there. Um, that's brilliant. That's there's, brilliant. Yeah, there's another, yep. another charity has come on board and fundraising and all the businesses. And um, I've just basically been, you know, calling in all my connections that I've built up over the years to, to make it happen. So anything we can do yeah. to get us across. Oh, George, this is terrible now because I'm getting this vision of I have you on tape. I'm calling it in. If you don't pay me, I've got a DVD yeah. here of something you don't. The porn collection you mentioned off to the left there, those cameras, <laughs> those webcams, you've enough, uh, enough he, he didn't mention material. That, that, got, <laughs> that, that was off camera. The 20 quid is in the post, Baz. <laughs> Honestly, it's on the way. Yeah, well, whatever whatever makes it happen. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's funny because, I mean, I'm, I'm the, the story you're sort of telling, you know, you know as a musician, I, mean, I remember my son... Uh, a few years back was uh, in a band called Osmium around the Newry area and uh, played all over Northern Ireland. Did about 150. They were the heaviest metal. <laughs> Osmium. That's unbelievable. But they, they did about 150 gigs going all over the place and their home sort of take off and they went to college. But it was just amazing to see that kind of side of what, what, what skills they built up and how they then produced their own videos and, and how the, the whole thing sort of came together. They understood marketing, they understood sales, they understand the whole process of making sure that you get to your market. So, so who's your market for this particular film that you're actually planning? Yeah. So, I mean, what was 
really important to me was um you don't need to like it's based on a punk band but you don't need to like punk music to like the film it's a character based study you know um yeah. so like i mean our demographic would be from 20 24 to like 46 years of age that's kind of you know you don't want to pigeonhole it too much but that's our demographic oh, a second buzz i was a punk and yeah, I'm 55, yeah. I'm in trouble. I can't watch <laughs> this. I can't get inside the, the box. Yeah. <laughs> That's your rule, though. They ruled me out. I was the original bloody punk, or God. Yeah. I was only half a punk, half a punk. Half a punk. Half a punk. Half a punk. Uh, yeah, so, like, it was important. So even the soundtrack and the music, um, we're not going too hardcore with it, you know, still keeping it punk, but you, you don't want to ostracize uh, your, your global market of it as well, you know? Um, and it is a character-based study. It's it's all about retribution, and um, basically, it's it visits the band ten years after they split up, and it's visiting the lives of the band. Where are they now without the band? What's happened to them? And basically, they're all fucked. And it's about you know reforming the band and getting their like lives that. together. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no. This is this is a precursor of if you get into film, you know what the future is. You're either super global star or you're back to the barista. You're going there. There's no, so you better get those barista skills up and running there. Now I know you have an alternate career, but not even going to mention the bloody war there because yeah. it's, it's off the table. But no, I like the fact you're saying, no, what's interesting, there was an article. I didn't read the article. I only read the headlines so the last couple of days. And it's talking about actor becoming writer because mm-hmm. effectively they had to become writer to write their own script, to get themselves to be, have the, the prime position of actor in it. So are you literally writing yourself into the damn thing? One, Is this actually an autobiography? 100%. And <laughs> I mean, the only reason I, I started writing scripts was for that exact reason you said, because of my image as an actor, I do get typecast and pigeonholed. And I love it. I love playing those roles, the gangster, the drug dealer. That's fine. But there is more to me as a person, as as an actor. So I started writing myself in roles that yeah. displayed me in, in a vulnerable nature or different roles that I wanted to do. And sometimes you need to show cast and directors, you, you know, they just can't picture it. And it worked when they saw it. They were like, we never would have seen you in yeah. this kind of vulnerable role. Yeah. And it opened up doors. So with the feature film, yeah, like I am a drummer and I do play in punk bands and I wrote myself into the movie. Uh, you know, and I'm I love it. Do, it so. It's a, a perfect DIY. If yeah. you're not, you got to do it for yourself because no one else. That's what we said a number of years back. We're not going to ask permission. We're not yeah. going to ask for a job. The only way to do this in this industry is to create your own journey. Oh, and, yeah. and then, because yeah. you know, you might get them on the way, and other people might see, you and it makes you more visible. But mm. you can't be waiting for someone else. So you'd be there till doomsday. No, I can see Baz Black, aka Young Gandhi. Is that what you're saying? You can play any role at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm a chameleon. <laughs> uh, no, not any role. But I'm actually, I've been cast. I'm playing a priest in a, in a feature film next year. So you know, go figure. Uh, uh, JC, I don't want to see right, that priest. Right. Anytime soon, <laughs> the world is opening up. But just on that point, um, myself and my wife had a, a conversation recently, and she's an she's an artist and she does production, but she's predominantly a, an artist. Um, and we were having a conversation about you know how frustrating it is as an actor when you're not getting the jobs, you know. And then yes. um, my wife was like, "Oh well, you know, most actors they want to be famous, or you know, they want to do it for that reason." And I'm like, "No, it's kind of one of the only arts where we need permission to do what we love. We need somebody to give us that permission to do the job that we love. Whereas an artist, you know, they can sit home, they can do a painting, they produce something, and they can put it out to the world. There's no point an actor walking around their house acting 
when nobody no, stop, is stop. there. No, Baz, honestly, not. I would agree with you till about five years ago before this phenomenon of what's out there in terms of YouTube and you know, at home, you know, you've, you can act. You can capture three minutes and one minute of something and you can show, you can profile. The permission you can't get is, you know, the permission to be in someone else's budget, to permission to be in, you know, Marvel. You know, you have to get permission for that. But you can certainly, as as you're currently doing, you're going, you don't need permission. You just, that's just how much budget. You still are an actor. You're you're actor as artist. That's what you're saying. And you you can create and act your way into a moment that captures attention and you have all the I think tools it takes, to do so, that. I think it takes a bit of time though to get to that point where you realize that because the way the system works, like you've been looking for jobs as an actor, I've worked as an editor and worked as a filmmaker. Uh, and you, you, it's almost as though like someone told me earlier on in my career, oh, you don't need to ask to get up to a certain position, but if you're going through as an editor, you have to be given, you, you know, it's almost as though you have to do an apprenticeship and work your way through the whole thing and given permission to take up the next role, even though you may be better than other people, if you're not recognized and haven't got awards, they still don't want to know you at times. So there is there is an interesting sort of area that there's parallels to what you're talking about with the, the acting, that, that eventually you have to get to the point where you say, I don't need permission to have this particular um, job title. For example, I, I've been producing music. Govin doesn't know this. I'm I'm actually writing the score for my feature. You're double job years ago. You're taking my yeah. your, thank you. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, actually, that's that's you see, that's the problem. When you start thinking about double jobbing, that's where you start to sort of restrict the, the creativity that actually comes in. Because what happens is that if you're getting frustrated that you can't get doing the things that you feel that's inside you, that voice that keeps shouting out to be heard you end up having to express that in other forms. And so and, and if you're an artist, I don't think you're restricted to just a visual. It's the visual and auditory and in many cases acting. Yeah. I'm not an actor, but in most things I'm doing at the moment, even Go this on. that we're doing here now, <laughs> I'm acting. No, I'm acting. And I'm, I, I, I was a lecturer for a short, for a period of times, and you suddenly found that you had to perform as though you, ha- you were on stage. I'm now actually, you talked about being coming a priest <laughs> in a role that you're playing. I'm about to be in the role of a deacon, actually as a deacon. Uh, And again, you're in front of all these people and you have to build up your confidence and actually perform for them. So it is about building up that kind of performance side of things, which I think is is really good. Now, I'm actually quite interested about the punk side of things because I've been reading a lot of stuff. I'm going to bring Garvin back in a second to here. (laughs) We've been... We've been watching lots of Philip K. Dick stories and the, the, the cyberpunk uh, ideas come from the 1980s that, that he was doing with another writer. I can't remember the other writer's name, but I, I'm just a Philip K. Dick fan. And really the story, the premises of most of his stories are similar to your what you've just now said is the premise for your film. And I'm just wondering, are you influenced by the same kind of cartoon type illustration type work would the film be very stylized because of your background yeah um yeah definitely stylized to the point you know where we want to get a nostalgia feel to the the punk even though you know it it starts in the 90s and that's when and the tagline is they were never famous they were notorious because we as a band that band that i was in mongo horn we were absolutely notorious and we sold out venues all over the place but it wasn't necessarily for the music. It was because the show we put on in particular, the front man was absolutely crazy, you know? So yeah, I definitely want to capture the nostalgia feel and we're through the use of filters and we're actually using them, a lot of uh, vintage lenses on it as well. 
um, okay. to get, the, get that. Thanks, uh, thanks St. Vincent de Paul there again now for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few scratches on them, but they'll do. Um, ah, you know, you want to use things like this, you know, you know, the old sort oh, of lovely, zoom yeah. Lens. yeah. <laughs> the old um, film camera lenses, that's what you need to be using. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, between costume design, uh, set design and, you know, the, the look and the feel of it um, and the influences, you know, come from broad spectrums of stuff, you know, um, even even references to films like, you know, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, that kind of, you know, the speed of the edit and, you know, there's loads of references. Uh, Shane Meadows would obviously be a massive influence there with This Is England and his kind of stylized version of that. But, um, you know, you, you never want to be a carbon copy of anything. You just need to take yeah. take your influences into it. And uh, just on the sci-fi steampunk, I love that side side of things. Um, I'm actually I'm yeah. in, a, in a short film next year um, that's along those terms and those vibes as well. So again, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily suit the tone of our film, we'll definitely be taking the references and the influences from it as well. Well, have you been watching, um, now I can't remember the first part of it, but something Bebop. There's a, there's a thing on Netflix. Cowboy, Cowboy is, Bebop. Cowboy I'm Bebop. <laughs> oh, you have to watch that. It's absolutely brilliant. I just wow. watched the first two episodes of it over the last couple of nights. And it's, it's that same cyberpunk kind of cowboy space type thing, oh, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. very much Philip K. Dick. Uh, the other thing is Kill Bill. Uh, seem the, the, that must have influenced the way it's been shot or uh, Sin City, those kind of movies. There, you know, you can see that kind of comic strip sort of influence that's going on in that. that I'm going to pull it show. away from here and bring it back to business 101. Thank you, Boat. No, no, go sci fi. Go sci fi. Go sci fi. Well, there will be sci fi. We want the UFOs going in there. <laughs> the one thing here which is interesting is, you, you know, you're you touched on it. You are an actor and you've, you're writing your story so you can be in it. But the thing is, to be that, you became business entrepreneur in order to facilitate that. So what you've done is, and what we like, is you have to raise, you talked a little bit of language of there's investors, there's part, strategic partners. You know, there's people vested in this. They're, they're go, we're going on a journey and we're going to produce the product and people are going to see it and consume it. There's going to be bums on seats by the end of it. And all of that journey is marketing, business development, or you know, that's business, that's yeah. entrepreneurship. It has costs and profits, you know, and, and that's accountancy language. And there's no escaping. You've you've given yourself permission to go on the journey of being business entrepreneur and raise that finance. And you've touched on Indiegogo or Kickstarter as being an element of a plan, which is brilliant. It's only one part of. I love the next sentence, which was actually, ah, there's private investors. Well, that's even better because that was a rare breed we've heard from the other people we've introduced to go, how the hell to attract investment? They've got to believe in you. They've got to give you their hard-earned money after tax and they might get it back or it might be, it might, it might be dressed up as charity indirectly. But sometimes an awful lot of these investors go, I don't really expect it back. Mm. But some want it back, some want to empower you. So how the people are around you at the moment, do you think they're in the realm of they're going on a journey with what they want to empower you? Or do they really expect it back? Um, well, our main investor expects it back. Businessman 101. He's not yeah. really interested in, you know, the, the bigger goal of the filmmaking and all. Yeah. He's a businessman, you know, he's an entrepreneur. And um, so you have to understand his dead point. But we also need to make him understand that there is 100% risk that he's not going to make his money back. You know, it's yeah. a gamble. It's a risk. There's no given. We will do everything in our power to get him his money back you know, because that's our number one mission and goal. Um, but so 
on that side of things, yeah, with the investors, very much business-like. And as you said, then there's other champions that are just want you to, you know, pursue your, your dream and get the movie out there. Um, I've owned many, many businesses over the years. So, you know, the business acumen side of things, I'm very aware of. Uh, my head isn't in the clouds and that side of things. And without sounding like an absolute egotistical twat, um, I've, over the years, I've built... Myself. That's my market. You can't have that. I'm number one. I've built myself um, up as a brand. So no matter what I do, I spin one thing off the other. So whether it's my business to do like with my directing, my music, writing books or whatever. And I've kind of built my name up to a point of I can get a lot of businesses and those kind of people behind me because they know me for one thing or for another, you know? And I mean, the short films are, are proof of concept, in my opinion, you know, you have to go through that journey, make your short films, uh, make them do well, win the awards. There's your proof of concept. And then I kind of trying to tie everything in with the brand to make sure that people are going to champion you and get behind you. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm lucky in that regard, but I've worked hard to get to that point in that regard, you know? I'm going to pull you up, Baz, and slap yeah, you on the wrist, right? Now, maybe I read it wrong because I didn't read much. I don't, I've told you before. I gave you a little message. We don't do any research. Don't look into you. Don't care, right? But we don't care enough. Well, he probably does, but I, I don't. But it, <laughs> on, on the pitch from Indy, again, I don't know it was Indiegogo. It mentioned the figure, the 160, 150 grand. Yeah. Is that the budget? It's a, uh, uh, look, there's no, there's, I want, I want, it's a, it's a trick question. It is, right? Well, so is the fit, what, because you've just pitched a figure yeah. that any investor would give you the two fingers because yeah. you've actually took away a tax break. Yeah. Well, 1.1 million is our... Right. Actual, now we are talking. Right. Um, the, the Indiegogo thing, we, we put that figure up, but you keep your cards close to your chest, even though I've just given it away. That's, that's yeah. our dream budget. That's what we know that we are pushing yeah. for. That's, uh, I have like amazing DP lined up and we need that kind of money to get to where we need to be. Exactly. So yeah. no, no, that's great. Cause that, that actually makes me more confident because the real catch there was if you were trying to attract an investor and you know, you know yourself, 160. Yeah. Basically, I can spend 80 grand, bring it to a 240, section 481, and get a refund of 80 grand and exactly. be a net 160. So, yeah. you effectively it would make no sense to be getting a 160 budget when you can have 80 grand for free at 240. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's 100%. <laughs> yeah. And what, what happened was um, I got selected into the Dublin Screenwriters for Dublin Crust and I got to pitch to five of the big production companies. Uh, three of them came back. So, we're in very close talks with one of those. And that's the that's the figure that we're going for with that. So no, I like that now. We're, 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 you got us impressed again. You're back. You're okay. <laughs> back on board. <laughs> no, so again, the one point one I like. Now, what's funny is I'm doing up a couple of budgets for a couple of movies myself at the moment. We're going because I'm an accountant. I can't help. I can't escape. I can't get away from it. And that, that's that's the, the language we were talking to a few other of our guests. We some of them brought forward. It's two fifty. It's three fifty. But when we ran the maths. It came to me nearly twice it. And that was with nothing special, no costume drama, no SFX, no, no named anybody or anything. There was just a minimum value of giving someone the day rate of turning up and being there to capture something. And, and so the figure, the great thing you said about the million mark is there's got to be a little bit of A-lister in there. Maybe there is. There's a bit of special effects. There's a couple of crowd scenes in the band, no doubt. But there's, you're, you're, you're now at a figure that, you know, you've got to talk to your OI of many million customers to get it back. 
yeah well that's that's the thing and that's to be honest like you know that's the part that does scare me is the distribution side i'm i'm yeah. fairly confident i've built up you know i know what i need to do to get the film made and yeah. you know even the marketing side and that is fine and all that but you know, like as you said it's the distribution is the deal breaker i mean um i i've fired out you know just emails off to the likes of wildcard distribution and just yeah. you know to plant the seeds and and um, cuz they're the kind of the big the big dogs that you need behind you. There's no point in, in making the movie for, it doesn't matter how much it is, doesn't matter how good it is, if nobody's going to see the fucking thing, you know? That's so, it, yeah. Um, yeah, that is the bit. And I've I've been working on that and uh, been working hard on that. And I actually, I have a meeting today with, you know, Screen Ireland and um, even the, the likes of, you know, the, the Draw the Art Centre who have, you know, dis- distributed their own stuff and, I'm building up that net network that I need to learn because I'm I'm very open to you know admitting where I'm kind of a bit out of my element and that's where I fall short. Now what's interesting is we're in a little time warp now because you're off to a meeting this afternoon. Now when this is edited and goes out, this will be the past. Yeah. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> okay. So it's like saying in my language and maybe in George's language, you're off to see the wizard, right? What are you going to ask them for behind the curtain now, like this afternoon? What's the questions coming from you for them? Other than give me a million quid, thanks. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we basically, we have like five different applications in there. So they're, they're all for different, different things. So it'll be kind of a broad conversation. But you know yourself, getting a face-to-face yes. as opposed to just yeah. emails and a blank face and, and you know, getting your your vision across and your personality as well is is key definitely and um, but yeah 100% we'll be talking it you know about the distribution side what can they do to to help us out and try and encompass all the applications that we have to to try and get them on board you know because as you know like from coming from outsiders and it's it's very very difficult so just getting that meeting was kind of a little win for us you know well, that's excellent. And I, have you have you uh, a select a slate of films that you're you're planning on doing? So you've got something else that's going on in the background as well as that one. Yeah, we um yeah. So after this one, um, our producer and and AD uh, Nicole, uh, she's actually written a script, and that's in the the horror realm, which, as you know, is. Oh, it's one of our favorite areas. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So, the horror um, of budget, the horror of distribution. Yeah, I love it. You know, the horror of marketing. Yeah, horror, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's the next one. That's the next feature then that, that we'll be we'll be working on. Um. So, yeah. At the moment, I mean, the the sole focus is all this. Um. You know, it's as you know, it's a full time job. You know, pre production. You know, getting everything yeah. sorted. We're, we're filming on the seventh of March. We start. So we're getting down to the nitty gritty of, of everything. Well, that's brilliant. I mean, you're, you're, see, you're, you're start. No, I don't know, because I don't understand this industry at all. I'm, as I said, I keep on saying I'm a virgin, I'm a newbie. <laughs> but you're going, have you got the million? Are you going to pre-production? You're going to, spend, you're going to do a pre-pre, 30 grand, 50 grand worth of something on the 7th of March? In the, are you just going to assume when you get there that the money will be there? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, putting it out there. But, like, we, we definitely have... Uh, enough money to get us to there you know what i mean yeah and then we're we're pushing for everything else uh aside from that and uh, january is a lot of the deadlines will be coming in january so we'll definitely have a better idea of of what we can do and i like i kind of i have a lot of the people on retainers if you if you want to use a word um that are super super interested but to get those people we need that budget i do have then 
another B B list. I was going to say, can we fire that lot? Right, because yeah. because we just you're going by the sounds of it, you're going ahead anyway. So you yeah. had the one point one and the hundred. You're you're saying we're doing this. Actually, one can be the pitch for the other and the bigger brother to relate your date, which is grand. But you're saying you're gonna this film was getting made and by hook yeah. or by crook, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think I think George, we said it. The market we're in ourselves personally is we're we're sub 1 million because our, you know, as soon as you start going beyond that, it becomes a 10 million customer, 20 million customer, Netflix to get it back. You're, it's a higher risk, higher reward. If you mess up once, you, you don't get the next investment. So we're actually maybe around the half a million, three quarters of a million mark going. That's where our game is of, in, of in, sub 1 million indie production that you can raise the finance possibly, less risk involved, get the tax break and hopefully get it back. But there's not a named anything in there. Yeah. What it is, is the people, mm. it's a testimonial platform of people trying to aspire and show their work and their wares and, and, and reach the next level. And as soon as anyone does, be an actor or, or breakout yeah. producer, then you can't afford they're it gone. because they're gone to the next level unless they give back. So yeah. you're, you're, you're at that one million curve of professional business. Actually, if you say the word one million, you nearly need to be two because you've got to put in the ABCs. But if you're sub one, you got to pull it all back and get rid of everybody and go cameo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And we do, we've two named actors. And like you said, it's it's in that that situation. Um, I mean, we have Joe Rooney and we have Rose Henderson. They're already signed up, confirmed. And then there's two other ones that will, again, they're all in and it just depends yeah. on whether we can meet, meet their budgets, you know, but... Yeah, we're all in. Ka-ching, ka-ching. No, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah. All out. All yeah. out. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think that's also the reason why you've had to set the date for yeah. the 7th of for, yeah, for March. Lot, because yeah. if without that, they basically, they wouldn't be able to commit. Otherwise, they'd say, well, look, we can't just yeah. be on the long string all the time. Yeah. I think and, that's and probably the way. As regards, you know, to committing to that date and all that, I, like, I'm very proactive in that nature. And when you give yourself a deadline... Um, because so many people in this industry will just talk and talk and talk and they'll wait and wait and wait and they'll wait to see if they get the funding and they'll wait till this. Why happens. are you looking at me like that, Baz? <laughs> <What are> you <laughs> just fucking get on with it. All right, that's, that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> we've done a, we've done about a hundred and how many now this is 106 show or something we've actually done in the last year or so we just kept on doing and doing and a, a government keeps telling me no no george don't do that do that i'm gonna go well look, i'm not waiting i'm just gonna get on with this yeah <laughs> you yeah, have to knock yeah. things out i, I things think we're in a very very similar path to bars now we're not not punk era or you know Sort of demigod or what? Or no, you never know. Marvel, AKA, <laughs> sorry, meets Cowboy Bebop. But 2022, it's, I think we're both in the language of shit, I'll get off the potty. You know, it's, yeah, we, we've actually set Marsh as a target as well. We've actually March, set we're Marsh make as a target as well. Target. <laughs> <laughs> in March, we're going to make our first little short yeah, as a prototype of what we're actually doing. It's Brilliant. not our first shot. It's the first one as me and Garvin doing together, you know? Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's your honor, is it in? I've still got to write it. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, again, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's actually, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. We're, we're, we're saying it's a process. And actually, the thing is, it's a, ra- it a probably process. Probably sci-fi rapper. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it probably will be horror sci-fi, exactly, with fake all people. Actually, if you're looking out the window, it's a little bit like, uh, what's that War of the Worlds where you see the dog, fall, a bit of the, the, the robotic dog falling over. So it's going to be a well, bit actually, like that. I've got, I had this idea for a little story because I'm actually developed, I'm actually working, training to be a counsellor as well, just for shit. But it, there's a guy that comes to this council and it turns out that as he goes through the counselling session, it's death who's come to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was amazing. Oh, basic I like that. Maybe, 
Maybe yeah, Jet I think we has, al- has Alzheimer's and he's just in a hole yeah, yeah. where he's forgotten. That's <laughs> Wait, it. No, he's just forgotten there. that this is the last one. <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work on that one, but it could be really quite cool. Now, do you have a, like, we don't, the world is in a stir at the moment. There's, a, there's another bloody something coming down the line mm. or not. Does that make a damn difference? Amicron. Are you going COVID bubble? It doesn't matter. We're creating the bubble. And in that bubble, there's the bubble boys are going to be in a band. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's a factor that you have to consider, take into. Yep. Uh, what the, the lockdown did for me, because I'm, I'm always so busy with everything, was it, it made me finish that script, you know? So that was a positive that I, I took out of it. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a wait and see. And again, when you're talking about budget in March, you know, if it's if it's full-on COVID implications, that's serious money, you know? Um, especially because yeah. we've quite... We, quite a big cast you know even though a lot of them are day players or whatever there's there's a lot of people to negotiate there and uh, even when you're talking about putting them up in the in hotels if they're traveling and stuff like that so that definitely i i suppose that falls under the contingency plan doesn't it yeah, yeah. That, yes. that, that is yeah. that 10 yeah. 50 contingency yeah i like that now <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> well, again yeah. it's actually there's the accountancy you're going it's like you're talking it again scenario analysis i've got scenario one this happens scenario two we've, we're working between the maxes and mins but it's not it's just the flavors changing it's not the core is not changing it's just you don't need crowd scenes you go you can fill that in afterwards you can up you up on the stage green screen and chuck something else in you can fill it in in a year's time it, it's can I you use that? unreal engine for that unreal bit. engine even better so it's it's actually what the language we like talking about before is the Pareto principle the 80 20 rule you're going no we're going we're going to go 80 20 we, we won't worry about the 20 percent. we're going to get 80 percent of the value and 20 percent of the time we're going you know then we can you know once we've started the process you're you're then able to you know further package on afterwards it's yeah. it's you've got the core so yeah. i mean i think you're already you've got the story you've got enough money to get it going yeah you don't well, need I, to have crowd scenes of thousands and that's that's it like in my opinion that's indie filmmaking independent filmmaking yeah. and and sometimes you know I, I be on sets and i just see the money wasted you know oh, where yeah it's it's never very logical you know to me anyway and then when you're thinking in the indie realms as you said there's so much cheating if you're just clever yeah. about it what you can yeah. use and you yeah. know you gotta be a gorilla mate that's Absolutely. it you go gorilla Absolutely. marketing gorilla indie you go it's you, you actually you turn up with someone else's gig and you just start plane yeah 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 well i i was we were talking to a a a sound guy that was working on all the big features for marvel and all that kind of stuff and when he started telling the stories of the problems i have and i'm kind of going that happens on our sets that's it's it doesn't matter how big you get the 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 same problems arise that is you know and you kind of go well if you if if it happens in the same you know for the small things why not just keep on getting on and doing it and just turn it out and just do it you know that's 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 the thing it's no interesting george you're going to remind me of siraj now he's the director of the indian film festival he was one of our first guests on the film business podcast show part and he was saying he was in the the film i think it's uh up there in in wicklow there earlier in the year and it was he said he had three two or three change outs of these costumes you know and he says they never left the rapper you're going, they were a couple of grand a piece. Three of them, yeah. And you're going three yeah. change outs. And you're going, that's just him as a bit part. So yeah. you can imagine the way there is waste. Now, the, the, I like the language of green film and sustainability that's coming down the track as well. So indie film is nearly that way stealth. You're going, you're, in, you're sustainable. Well, 
Sir well, Vincent de Paul, you bring... just now mentioned it. <laughs> Sir Vincent de Paul is doing you, sort of sponsoring yeah. you for I've the. I've never you know, seen it like it. Brilliant. That's a brilliant <laughs> yeah. way of working but, it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? No, when 100%. the charity thinks you need charity more than they do, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're in a in a bad position. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I was on a massive network show, and there was a full day where no filming happened. The whole cast, crew, extras, they were all down there. And the director couldn't decide between a red background filter and a green background filter. Uh, and they kept swapping it out and changing it, swapping it out. And it's like, okay, I understand, but like, it's not a Stanley Kubrick thing. You know, this is a, a TV yeah. network and nothing happened that day because they couldn't. You could have, you could have probably shot it with both filters and got it and done in, got it done. in yeah. about half an hour. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah, when you have money to play with. But yeah, as you said, guerrilla style indie filmmaking, if you're clever about it and you've been around the block, you know how to get things done. Are you good? I think that's what's happening now. I mean, so, okay, you are, there will be money. You're, the millions, if you get it, it's coming from somewhere else. But you're starting to become, like, what I do like, and I'm starting to hear it, it's, I know you're going to be an actor in it, but you're starting to, as you said, you may be a businessman of your own business, but if you start treating this like your own money and you can take, you want to take care of it, you don't, you want the investor to get it back. You want to create value with it. You, don't, you want to be mindful of it. That then the that will come across investors. They don't. The Dragons Den. I mentioned this the amount of times the questions come out of the Dragons Den's and Shark Tanks is you go. You're using my money for your wages. You're yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're now you're now an investor in that as well as them. You're going the same journey. You're taking the same risk. You might be packaging yourself. You're visible as as a component of it as an actor or a writer. But you're going. For you, for them to make money, you've to make money. Definitely. So you're now aligned. Yeah. Your interests yeah. are aligned. You're so treating I, I think- it as a business, you know. And even like we went and shot the teaser trailer because a visual is worth a thousand emails, you know. And when the investors and the people that were behind us just saw the visual side of it, they were like, "Oh, okay," you know. And that's just a proactive thing to show them that we are going to get things done, you know. And even yeah. them, you know, our deck for our pitching, you know, we have a physical version of it and it's done like an old punk booklet that you would get, you know, at a gig with like replica posters with the investment breakdown. Oh, there's an E-tab on the back of it and an F-syringe and... <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, no. But, and then like, you know, there's a QR code then to take them to the link. But it's, it's all these little touches and these proactive things where that's what I was talking about, you know, very much so thinking outside the box and proving to them that you... You're not just your head in the clouds. You're not just going to take their money and the film might get made or might not get made. You know, you need to show them, especially... They've got to get on the bandwagon or they're going to get left behind. Yeah. They're losing the opportunity. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So you treat it like any business and you have to prove your worth. And that's what we're trying to do with this, you know. So one way or another, we will we will get the film made. Um, I just I just know that, you know, if we get our dream budget exactly the way I want to make it, um, so there's there's going to be two versions of it. Now, I'm not yeah, interested in your dream budget. I'm going. You've got your nightmare budget. Yeah, bring me through it. Bring it through <laughs> That's it. Exactly. it. That's the one to go and for. I, I was in a um, an indie film, and I filmed two and a half years ago. And I went to the premiere the other night, so it took them two and a half years. And their budget, um, I won't name the film, but their budget was only fifteen thousand, right? And I was walking in very highly skeptical. 15 grand you know how how it was going to come out and it blew me away it blew me away and it's it's going to irish cinemas that's the plan or whatever um but the quality and you can see the amount of meticulous time it took in the edit what they did in post just elevated it 
to new new lengths and extremes you know so I'm not saying you know we're going to do it on 15 grand I was just it, it was just such a nice reassurance to see the quality that you can get if you're clever yeah. about it and yeah. people know what they're doing and even the, the director um, was the cinematographer and he storyboarded it down to an inch of his life and the actors and crew were getting a bit concerned because sometimes it'd be one take two takes and he'd be like no have it moving on we're kind of like is he moving too yeah. fast? But he had it just so clear in his head. And then that definitely portrayed when I saw it. I like that. Thing. I like that. Because actually the one, yeah. the, the problem with most people, or not the problem, but this is my understanding without having an understanding or a learning involved, is if nobody has the big picture, everyone that's yeah. in the picture doesn't know what the hell's going on. They know their piece, but don't know how it fits. Yeah. And actually yeah. enough of films got made out there in their opposite order. Actually, we're looking at the, I, because I'm a business intelligence expert, I'm actually reordering it based on, you know, the amount of activities in a day in a single location. So you can get, it might be that scene 47 to 53 is on the first day. If it's out of context to people, they don't know what the story is until you see it in the cinema afterwards nearly. You know, but, but the great thing about what you were talking about is you, a couple of people in there have the full vision, have the end-to-end understanding and can do exactly as you said, we have it, we have it, put it in the box, this magic box. And then I, I was going to mention a couple of things there a few minutes ago when you mentioned that short, that George would be coming up by going, you can't fix it in post. If it ain't there, you can't fix it in post. You're going, it has to be caught. But if, you're, if post is on set with you, and sees because yeah. it's the editor's mind and director. You're fixing it in post on set as you go. Yeah, you've caught the impression that the editor was probably the director yeah. as well, or fairly close. Because if he'd actually storyboarded it so well, because uh, one of the things that I was going to say that uh, a lot of the shoots that we've done, sometimes the first take is right, but the only reason why you're doing a second take is just to make sure that something didn't happen to the first take. You know that there wasn't that nobody was aware of. So you wanted a safety. So we just did two two takes because of that. But I think also that <clears throat> what. I mean, I, I, I've said, well, I, as an editor, you don't do it, don't do it in edit in the post, but I'm working on a project that has taken me many years to do. And I've, I'm, you know, got, I'm the editor, so I'm re-editing it and I'm starting to use new technologies and that new technologies will actually advance the film to a level, hopefully, that uh, I wanted to see it in the beginning, but wasn't around when I first made the film. But sometimes it does just become a labor of love that you have to just keep on working until you, until you see it through to the end. Um, but if you've got someone that knows exactly what they're trying to shoot from the storyboard and the way they're doing it, then it is going to work out well when they get to the other end. Uh, but I do think also that if you communicate to the crew what is happening and keep them in, in the loop uh, all the way through, then they become your ally to make sure that you can achieve what you want to achieve as the director because you're bringing them along with the with the vision yeah. and if they don't yeah. see that then that's when as you say things can start to people if people become unsettled because they think well do they really know what they're doing that's where you kind of go ah, am, am i working on something that's going to fall apart so you need to give though you need to give your cast and crew that confidence that they are definitely working on something of, of promise that they that, that, that will benefit them Maybe not financially at times, but at least in their helping to promote their career later on. Yeah, and I, I have the the benefit of being like an actor director, and I ask any actor they want to work with an actor director because I understand the actor's thought process. And yeah, sometimes you know the the actor can feel very disconnected from a director if he has his own vision, but he's not, you know, working with the actor and explaining what it is. They're kind of like dance monkey, you know, where they're not yeah. coming along. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Uh, and then even with my script, whether whether it's for right or for wrong, and I mean there was 30 drafts of the script, but I have I have 100 percent overwritten the script. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm already thinking about the edit. So, you know, there's certain pieces where, you know, just say the, the judge, he has quite a big monologue in the courtroom. I know for a fact that that full monologue is not making it into the film, but I want to be able to pick the bits and pieces. That I want to yeah. from it. And it's something that I learned from my short films is always have more, never have less. You know, when you're yeah. struggling to find that footage to fill up, fill gaps and everything like that. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm welcoming, you know, uh, I wouldn't say improv, but I would say, and I've talked to my actors about it, you know, how they would naturally say this kind of stuff. Because a film like yeah. ours, if it sounds like you are saying a script in this film, it's not working, you know? And that's where Shane Meadows' beauty, he just writes a treatment. He never writes a full script. He just writes a synopsis. And he gives the characters, you know, this is the situation, this is what you want from him. And there'd be like loose dialogue. And it's not, my film's not going to be like that. But that's why his films come across so natural because they are natural, yeah. you know? Um, so now, there, there, there's an interesting thing because um, we've actually got to the point where we say you must have a script. And the reason we're saying that you must have a script is the tool. It's a tool to help us define the budget. And one of, so even if you're not going to use, even if you're going to use that mm -hmm. improv and what I've done in my films, I've actually said, look, it's there as a guide, but it, it tells me how much that film is going to cost when I break that film down, which is what Garvin's now doing with the whole process, because we're going to try and automate that, that if we feed a script in, it'll actually pump out some figures and tell us a rough, quick view of what that movie should cost based on what the, you know, is, is in, in there. Yeah. So we've, we're trying to encourage people to, to, to write at least a script because we can use that as part of the process to, to in, in development and pre-production. There is, there is magic maths there at play. Yeah. I mean, you probably know it yourself. Like, as you said, if it doesn't forget the budget of a million, <clears throat> it's like, you know, if you're doing 30 days of production and it was all production money, that's 30 grand a day of, you know, cost. Yeah. You know, so there's, there is figures that are just in play and then people suddenly get a, a, an understanding of what, what this bunch of people around you standing around is. It's a hundred people at 300 quid each, at 30 grand a day, and we need to get three minutes out of here or, or we're yeah. suddenly in trouble to tune a 30 grand. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's, that's the, the logistics of it, you know. And even compartmentalizing, you know, the, the actors, what, how, how many days you need them for the scenes, you know, and blocking yeah. them into as close together as possible. That's it. So logistically, you're not paying for their travel, you know, eight times during during the set yeah, that's it it's that's again it. it's a travel that's to it. and from was more costly than actually doing it was yeah. everything around it it's like literally you've just come to turn up for the two minutes in question you can tell them to fuck off but you're saying you're not paying for the minute you're paying for the who it is the, the value they're bringing the potential audience that's what they say i'm worth a hundred i'm worth 10 grand for that line it's all you got me for was a cameo but that you're hoping that translates into a hundred thousand extra customers that i quit and you get a 10 to 1 return. Or you bring some bang for buck. But but the, the, the system, the process just goes, it's 50, you've got a day. It's in time increments. Every Everything there from camera crew to everyone ready to go and say go, That that is the functional process before ever the art. That, it has to be there to package the art. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, so, so if we, I mean, we've just sort of said, our method a little bit, which is the script writing, because we're using it as a tool. Now, whether or not the, the, the lines get used and things like that, but have you ever worked on anything similar to what Ken Loach, because we were looking at 
possibly there was a Ken Loach project sort of floated in and floated out recently. And one of the things we were kind of thinking based on what we've heard before is that the way he does a lot of improv and all that, we were kind of going, how would you take that and budget it? Because there is no, there's quite often, there's no way of working out the parameters. So have you ever experienced anything like that? And how would you think they budgeted those projects? Yeah. And I mean, you know, like I said, with, with my own, this, the, the, the script is there and as regards improv, it's more just how they would naturally say something, you know, so wouldn't be letting them off in tangents of just completely improv yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I haven't been on a production that's exactly, you know, Ken Roach's style, but um, I was on a film called Pulsanella there during the summer and Danny Patrick, um, he was the most collaborative open director that I've, I've ever worked with because as an actor, you know, you read a script, you have your own thoughts on it but you have to be quite reserved and, you know, feel out how open they are because sometimes people are very precious about it, you know, especially writer directors, you know, they want it said how it needs to be said. So I had my own views on it. And when I realized how collaborative he was on set, I pitched my ideas and, you know, he took them on board and they, they worked out really well. So, you know, finding a director like that is, is a bit of a dream, but that particular film, um, he was on, uh, he was on a mod modest budget um, you know, he had some good names in there, brilliant script. But my first day on set, uh, I did eight scenes that day. And I, I didn't know I was doing eight scenes that day. It was just indie gorilla, like get things done, yeah. get things yeah. moving, you know. Um, so, yeah, nothing, nothing as deep. And I would love to get into a situation where, you know, a Ken Loach situation where you can really develop the character. But that, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's when you have big, big money behind you and you have the confidence that you're not under that massive time constraint. So I think that's a bit of a luxury. But I think that's the thing that sort of threw us a little bit of a kind of curveball because we were kind of going, they were talking about a low budget, probably around about the one that you're talking about. But that's it was that kind of a Ken Loach film. We were kind of going how on earth would you do this within that tight constraint? Whereas I know working on, on indie films that we've worked on in the past, that, that you need to give enough guidelines, otherwise things can go belly up. And I, there was a project, uh, now this is about 20 years ago, so that four projects that we made, we had three scripts were fairly well defined. The fourth one wasn't quite there. And we kept a nice tight sort of schedule but the fourth one just blew it and eventually got evicted from where the location was because everybody was so cheap. And they, they actually upset everybody and probably caused more damage than they did good just because they didn't have a, have a handle on what they wanted. A bit like the guy you were talking about there with the filters. Yeah. You know, it's, you've, you've got to build confidence with the people that you're working with to make sure that they, they understand. Now, I, I do like... The idea, I, I'm, I don't, as I said, I'm not an actor, but I, I, I work with psychology quite a lot because I, I like getting into the way that people play off one another. And, and in one of the courses we just did, uh, I had to, um, I was being counseled, but I played different characters. And so you're getting inside the head. Is that, is that one of the ways that you would work with your projects or any of the other projects? Yeah, I mean, as regards you know, are you kind of more talking about like the method? Yeah, the method. Things? Yeah. yeah, the method of acting. I, I, I'm stopping you. I'm bored. I want the no, madness no, no, of acting. No, no, you know, no, no, forget the methods. Just, 
I want to go no, full no. mad on, which is the improv, no, no, no. the unexpected. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get, yeah, because this is part of that. It's part of that as well, because you're getting into the psychology of why, actually, this is a prime example, because we're, we've got a, a triad going on here. We're, yeah. we're got, got actually, I'm still, no, I'm stuck about two sentences boy. ago. You've got to talk about a bit of film there. I went to sleep for a minute. I mean, no, I was actually Yeah, well, he's going to go away. and start talking about finance oh, no, again. We need no, a bit no, of filmmaking no, no. in this. I'm, I'm yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I'm still This is a conflict that's going on here. George, this is really, George. really good stuff. No, Let's keep going. We'll question. see if we can get you. No, no. I want to go gorilla. I'm back to Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You've know, got to go full gorilla marketing. You know, the thing is, you're going to get a mate. You've got to be on Planet of the Apes. There's a bunch of monkeys around you. You've got to get them to do the shit and stop throwing the shit at each other. Like, so you've got to get something meaningful out of it and they go on the war path and get the big damn thing made. So you've got to go full Planet of the Apes or you've got a big budget. I reckon you're going to look like a gorilla shortly. <laughs> Because there's a tough market out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just on the method acting side, it's not for me. I did it in London. I personally don't need to stay in that character. Character development is a different thing, but that whole, you know, method being in there, I can just, I can switch it on and switch it off. That's the way I, I act. And, you know, I've come across a few actor, actors and they have to go through the method thing and that's their process and that's fine. You have to respect that. But again, just for the likes of Dublin Crust, you know, I want that spontaneity. I wanted to have yeah. that punk feel. And the reason, like, I cast Eddie, the singer, and, and Andy, the guitar player, and they've done bits of acting, but they're not actors. And mm -hmm. um, when I wrote that script, I wrote it with them in mind. And I know exactly how their personalities are, how they're going to play it. And they 100% delivered what I expected. Oh, them. I love it. This is another conversation we had with someone else. You go, yeah, get to turn up and play yourself. How we, how great is that? Yeah, exactly. You go, here's a guitar, well, start singing some shit. They're the lines now. Don't worry about them. We're just going to press record over the corner. Well, we, keep, we keep going back to the idea that acting is actually about action. It's about yes. the actions you take for getting from A to B. And as long as you can actually navigate the processes and get around the conflicts that are going on, that's really all you need to do, which is more likely be yourself because you're just trying to get from A to B and we're just throwing a few obstacles in the way to block you. Definitely. I mean, yeah. And like, that's the whole, even when I was in Bow Street, it's beating the actor out of you. You know yourself if you're watching someone and you can see somebody. Act, oh yeah. You know, the hardest thing is to be yourself on screen. It's the hardest thing to do, you know? And if you can oh, capture yeah. that, people are going to relate that to you way more than somebody trying yeah. to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I know this sounds tough, I have a, a granddaughter who's who's just over a year that old. That does sound off, George. You're right. I don't no, know where how that. No, hell no, that no. Happens. But hang on, a second. <laughs> hang on, a second. But watching them figure out how to solve problems is more is is actually a fascinating way of, of of watching things. And I think that's what you need to see in in a film. You need to believe that the person is actually trying to solve the problem that they've suddenly encountered, that's not that they're trying to act a part. Because yeah. as you say then they become the wooden That's tops it, because as as a kid you're conditioned for rules you know and um, yeah when you're a little kid there are no rules you go into a room you pick up what you want to pick up and you put it down again it's another you know jerry from uh, bow street it's his philosophy act like a child and if you can break down the boundaries and just do what feels natural and not have the fear of judgment on you if you can capture that on screen um i love uh, andrew garfield when he was working with david fincher on the social network um, it was on the 42nd take of an argument scene and it was the end of the day and Andrew Garfield said he was exhausted and he went from, you know, being excited about the scene to 
being tired to being frustrated and then he said by the 43rd take he was just so pissed off he was like no go for another one and he started feeling inadequate as an actor and he was getting wound up wound up and in that scene he just kicked over the table it wasn't written he just kicked it in pure frustration and then fincher was like we got it moving on you know, so you're just waiting. I'm rolling back. I'm rolling back because I'm not going away with if you brought the number 42 into the damn game. That's the meaning oh, of life. There we go, That's 42. the answer to the ultimate question. <laughs> Therefore, Sorry, it was at back. 42, life kicked in. That's it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I like absolutely. the fundamental interconnectedness of all things and how Douglas Adams suddenly <laughs> appeared in the middle of this. You know, but then, uh, no, I'm I back to the monkeys. That way. You're going gorilla. Are you a gorilla? Are you an orangutan? Or are you a chimpanzee? Well, you pay peanuts and you get monkeys, so it depends on my budget, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was elephants. <laughs> no. no, 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 that's, yeah, that's it, that's it. No, actually, there's a nice lead-in, because if we're 52 Jokers Wild, the, the show is in the room, the implied word is the elephant, the elephant. elephant in the room, you're bringing in an elephant into the room, what's your elephant? What colour is your elephant? What's your elephant that's in the room? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's... It's just, I suppose my, my whole thing is tenacity, you know, and just always kind of feeling like coming from the outside, whether that's true or not. And I always feel like I have a point to prove. And I, I love, I love the people who have said no to this project. I fucking love it. Because that's me going, ha ha, you said, wait, wait till you see. You've oh, no you are a told you so personality. Yeah, right? that's it. I, I, I definitely am, you know. And I mean, I was told in an acting college that, some people shouldn't write their own scripts. You know, that was a, a note that was given. And again, you know, That's when a you red go... red flag to you, is it? <laughs> it's really... I was like, so you, you take these elements and you just go, okay, yeah, I am that kind of person where it's like, right, I'll show you. So tenacity, I suppose, will be my thing. And uh, when you have such like a clear vision of it and it's very hard, I find it very hard actually to verbalize my vision uh, sometimes, you know. Jesus, we'd be in trouble if you had to verbalize the pecker. You, know, you, you didn't just kiss the Barney Stone. You made love to the damn thing like me. You're going, we, you're not shy of a few words. You're not lost for the, for the lingo. You No, yeah, but like, I just, I don't know. I, I'm very visual and I, I, I know exactly, I'm very confident in exactly how the script and how it's going to play out. Yeah. At the same yeah. time, being open to suggestions and ideas. I'm not a dictatorship on it. But yeah, sometimes I do find it hard to, to verbalize it and I, I feel like I need to go and show show people, you know? And that's why, like I said, people will talk and talk and talk and talk about things. And I'm just like, no, life's too short. Get out there and that's it. show and tell. That's it. Show and tell. Show and tell. Yeah, I like that. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely fabulous. And do even better. <laughs> Actually, the, the weird thing is the box, we keep on talking about it. I don't know where this bloody box is. And if it's a cardboard box, there's a made in Ikea. But we're outside of the box. We're, we're so far outside that box. But... There, it, no, we're going to I've had in. enough of the IKEA boxes. I've been pulling yeah. stuff out of them all week, for goodness sake, and anything else that keeps coming from Amazon. <laughs> you're, you're, they're, actually, they're, now, they're, some, one, of, one of our earlier shows, before we moved into the film realm, uh, Lori was the girl in question we were chatting to, and we, a little story came up in that one. And it's like, turns out I'm the barman at the last chance saloon. And you got one more chance before you go. You know, you can ask for a cocktail, this is a cocktail of life. You know, you can mix it. This is your last chance to do something meaningful for you on the planet. One the last more episode before of you Quantum go, Leap. What are you doing? I mean, like, honestly, and just not because I'm in this at the moment, but the whole, this film, like, is, 
it is like as you said at the start of this it is my unofficial biography you know it's it's my it's been my passion since i was a kid i've been drumming since i was four i've been in band since i was like 11 so to have this out in the world and get this done like i'm super proud of it you know of the story and it's something that i've been i've been holding off for a feature because this is my story that i want to tell so yeah 100 percent. this is like if this was my last chance of making something and even if i got to just make this film the way i wanted to make it and i i never made another thing again i know that i'm going to be super proud just to get this film out there mm. so yeah that at the moment that's as far as you're you know. on the life path. You're full way down that bloody yellow brick road. You're nearly at odds by the sounds of it. You're about to pull back the curtain, and it turns out you had it all the time. It's you. It was just a great thing about it. It's you're not trying to prove it to someone else. You're trying to prove it to yourself. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, and I always, always look at what kind of films do I want to see? Would I go to the cinema to see this? Is this something that interests me? There you go. And, you know, that can be quite egotistical. Of course, it's my film. People are going to see this. But you, you do have to think, well, is it, is it going to be up there with the commitments and the full Monty and train spotting? Is it going to be, you know, to that level? And that's something that I'm striving and pushing for and quietly confident that we will get there. No, you won't get there. You'll pass it by if you'll be further along the track. <laughs> There's a lot of people that uh, are artists that when they do produce stuff, they get so um, self-conscious con of what they've done that they end up rejecting half the stuff they spend a lifetime doing because Garvin's in the past talked about his sister that sort of burnt stuff that she's produced and she's kind of going, but that was evidence of your body of work, you know. And I think what's really good is you're, you're talking in a way, you're conscious of that there is an audience and you want to make sure that they get the best possible product that you can actually sell for them. And that that's a good thing. And Which I think is that, you, that's strangely enough. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'd like, like to think so. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just and just for me personally, just on the film side of things, there is absolutely nothing worse than spending an hour and a half of your life watching a film when you have absolutely no investment into the characters. So this script yeah. and this story does not work by the end, because there is, you know, a twist and there is a revelation and stuff that happens that's building up. And there's a lot of um, stuff that's subconsciously planted along the way in films, which I love. If you go back and watch a film a second time, you're like, oh, that's why yeah. that's there. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. and if by the end of that, if you're not totally invested and even people who have read the script, when they get to that part, I've had people crying. I've had people, you know, and. That's the kind of emotion that you need to, yes. to get. Jaron and Terrible, they're going, they're crying, going, I just wasted an hour and a half of my bloody life. No, but, but, this but, shite. <laughs> the ending is so crucial, sorry, sorry. though, because I, I remember I remember watching lots of Channel 4 films in the 80s, and you're kind of going, this is probably the most brilliant movie I've ever watched. And you get to the end, you went, no, it's not, because the ending fell down. And that's that's why you've got to make sure that ending is is right, because when they do leave, you want them to think, as you said, that they have spent the last one and a half hours enjoying something they've invested in. Because if you do something that's really well crafted up to the very end and you let, and you let the ball drop at the end, oh, yeah. then you have wasted those people's time. You've got, the, the, the ending is so crucial, which is why it's best to work on the ending first and then work backwards. 
Yeah, I got, I got a funny <laughs> vision of train spotting two happening here in some way or form. Well, it's already done. So it's train spotting three. You'd be moving on. It's train spotting three. Yeah. Well, is, is this up in Parnell Street or Connolly Station now? Because I mean, do you want to get us off those trains these days and go electric? You know. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, there well, you go. Wait. Is this a green sustainable film you're about to do? Are you going to tune in to sustainability? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, you're that's recycling you are you're recycling uh, clothes from the 70s from to, to, to charity yeah. shop the equipment is ancient it's out there you're recycling here we go again the actors don't have any costumes they bring their own clothes and do their own makeup and hair no they actually already look like that that's brilliant so I, mean, I think you're actually nearly green before you've even started here, well, that's here. probably the ethos of the movie yeah. is because of what it's portraying is showing that the, the downside of why we got to get where we are. An electric e-scooter <laughs> riding on a bus or a car to the to the scene or, or no, the, no, no, that won't work. Scene, it's got to be the old-fashioned stuff. Well, we we are actually very like environmentally aware and stuff. And here's a question, actually, that's kind of um, I can't. This I, one's I, for you, George. I try. I try. Okay. I tried to actually find some research, and I couldn't actually find anything. And it depends on your standpoint, but. My ethical standpoint and my wife's is we are both vegetarian and it's for the animal reason of it. So what would you think about now the teaser trailer we did, we made the catering. It was vegetarian because it just goes against my ethos that I'm vegetarian and I'm going to buy a shitload of meat for actors. And I understand that that's from their point. So how would you feel about that decision? Get the quark. Quark burgers, they're brilliant. Oh, yeah, they're lovely, they're, no, yeah. I'm actually and, and the sausages as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you, yeah, definitely. definitely I have two. Kind of I have a family of, of where I said I'm an enforced vegetarian on the basis of <laughs> if I didn't cook that day <laughs> or if I didn't shop for it, it ain't on the menu. So my wife will only cook one dinner for the kids and me, and they're vegetarian. I'm not. Therefore, if I go out, I go out, out, and it's only ever steak and chips because I know what I'm going to get, and it's not. <laughs> Now, admittedly, I'm actually at the being reminded of the restaurant at the end of the universe where the cow walks up to me and goes, which part of me do you want? Yeah. It's okay. I've grown, I've grown myself. I'm bought in. I want that cow. I want that cow to come up and talk to me and go, it's okay. I'm fine with this. Do you want me rump or do you want something else? <laughs> I, no, I, I actually do think if, you, if, if people started to get into what the processes are that they're, are involved in the manufacturing of foods, they would certainly... Yeah, wouldn't... They yeah. probably wouldn't see a burger even want to eat the half the stuff it's, they're it's, doing. That's though. my understanding, but if I yeah. see the process, I would be I would be a vegetarian. Yeah, I just yeah, don't think like so. disassociation anymore. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing, you know, because, you know, obviously you don't want your fucking cast and, and crew to be but behind the scenes going, what the fuck, they're making us... They're yeah. But it's just, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it would go against my whole philosophy and ethos that I'd be pumping money into an industry that I don't want to put money into it, but... So, but how far does that go down the line in terms of wearing leather shoes then? Well, yeah, I mean, that's you know, you're getting into veganism there, you know, yeah. so that's well, yeah. you're stopping that. So then you start going, I'm stopping at vegetarianism, not veganism. There could be a bunch of vegans on the set going, well, I don't want to be here unless you take your shoes off. Then that's, you start going, well, actually, I'm a full fledged okay, I eat a steak once a bloody year. It's not, I'm not out there, you know, taking a bite out of a cow's arse every 15 minutes, but. Yeah. It, it's it's just it's a treat, but at the same time, it's not good for me. I know that I've seen an awful lot of programs. I should we should the planet is all about cow farts, and you know that's the sort of news I pick up on. There's, we're going to save the world by stopping cows farting. You know, I mean, is that the journey we're on? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, know, I, I mean, <laughs> methane gas. It is it is a real thing, but 
uh, yeah, it was just it's just an interesting question, and it's kind of you know one that I I it's weird. I actually I googled it, you know, and normally you'd get all you know these answers. There's nothing out there about a movie set going full vegetarian, you know. So um, is that the marketing that, ploy? Interesting. Yeah, that that's that's that could be the marketing ploy. That, that might raise the finance yeah. if your first in wins. You make a proof yeah. of concept, and the whole point is go a little bit more and further and package it and wrap it as that. To get that support because you know your your meat and actually get, get those yeah get those guys film. to sponsor yeah actually there you go green oh. film we were all we, we were you were talking about green film because green yeah. film was right. reduce the carbon emissions carbon emissions was move it to vegetarian you've just cut the carbon emissions of the film that's yeah I I like that and that's the way to, that is definitely the way to sell it on throughout the whole thing because then if you if you can meet those requirements then you're at least you're, now he's throwing it back in again <laughs> I want yeah. steak two no chips pun, no pun intended but because yeah we have the red door charity behind us because there is a drug element in the movie and they're yeah. a drug rehabilitation center so they've come on board um as regards you know they're putting on uh, we're putting on a, a joint fundraiser night actually so Joe Rooney's doing stand up comedy night and. So half the proceeds go to them, half the proceeds go to us, you know, so, um, and then there's, there's also, you know, a cancer element in it. So we've been in talks with those, but so like what you're saying there about the, you know, vegetarian, yeah. that's the business brain. And that's what I like having these conversations. So yeah, thanks for that. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'll take 10, 10% now. That's my equity stake now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true <laughs> fucking business, man. <laughs> Well, look, folks, we've actually, would you believe it, uh, gone over an hour here with our conversation, which has been very enlightening. And it's really, really good. I love the fact that we do get to those points where we start asking questions that help us develop and move things forward. And that's the whole point of getting a chance to, to meet all these interesting people. Based on the counseling stuff, sometimes the silence that I give is also useful because I can see people's reactions, psychoanalyzing <laughs> like them as they go along. But I think it's lovely. I think you know, Baz, the story that you're telling, I actually, I'm looking forward to going to the cinema to watch it in Dundalk or in Newry, you know, because I, I, I've got an idea from what you've been saying of where it may go. And, and I'm, I'm interested in that sort of concept of where you're talking about. So I think that'd be quite good. And I do like the idea that you're talking about how can you make it green and how can you use some of your own philosophies to do that, that actually can impart ideas to some of your cast and crew to understand maybe the, you know, what's going on. The other thing I also liked about the conversation earlier on is don't stereotype me. That's something I think is really important. You've got to get to know people and just don't sort of think, don't let all your prejudices get the better of you, but just because you see somebody in a certain sort of way. And I think that's also going to be part of the storyline that you're, you're, you're coming across with the characters in there. So I think it's lovely to hear that. Yeah, uh, we will. Yeah. How you last? Say the last words. Say, okay. Tell us no, what yeah, your ideas are. Yeah. Just on, on that point, I find it very hard to get past the barrier of my image and look. And that's what I, I liked about doing just this podcast here was there was none of that. It was just straight into business. And, you know, normally, honestly, it takes 20 minutes to get to my personality, you know, whereas with you guys, it was straight in. And I, <laughs> I do always feel like I have to prove myself in some shape or form that I'm not going to rob them or, or murder them, you know, when you meet somebody. <laughs> and even on the, the acting side of it, um, cast and directors can't get past my headshot. It's only when I get into a room or I get to have a conversation. Yes. And it's always the reaction of, oh, Jesus, we thought you were going to be, you know, it, it, they, uh, they just yeah. have this predetermined. And that's as humans, we judge aesthetically. I understand that. But having these conversations and getting a conversation with Screen Ireland, it, you know, when I get face to face with them and they, they find out that you can actually hold a conversation, it breaks yeah. down those um, 
prejudgmental, you know, stereotypes that they may have. So, and that and that could be another angle for sponsorship, because there's very much that coming out of the idea you're talking about within your story. So it's looking for someone that might be a, you know, some kind of charity organization that might feel that there's a great way to sponsor to promote that aspect of you know, uh, the diversity of what you're talking about, which is really what you need to be talking to, I think, to Screen Island. So we better let, we better let, we better let. I'll hire you guys. I'm just thinking now, it's like, it's, it's not what you're seeing is what you're going to get. It's actually, me and poor Baz are two delicate flowers on the inside, very emotional, yeah. and need to be loved and cuddled, hence the wives and the bosses. Yeah. So yep, that's 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 actually Garvin. Garvin is using transference now. <laughs> Garvin needs all those things. I just need my hair back. I'll be very happy if I get the comb over. That's it. Uh, I saw that Martin ad. Yeah, <laughs> you had a full head there. Yeah, I had to cut off go. after that. <laughs> um, it's all nugget and nuts. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you join us again next week. And it's been a wonderful conversation we've had with Baz Black. Thanks very much, Baz. For coming and joining us hope you enjoyed this video please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications